Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everybody. It's Nick Bradley here, and welcome to today's episode of Scale Up Your Business. So today, we're going to keep on with the theme of marketing. And if you've been listening to previous episodes on this topic, you'll know that we've covered a lot on brand, and we've spoken about the importance of personal brand, particularly in this day and age where it's much easier than ever before to build I suppose, rapport and trust and come across as authentic and standing for something than it ever has been before. So if you haven't listened to the episode on why I think having a personal brand is a must, then certainly please go back and have a, have a listen. But today I'm going to get into lead generation. And this is in many cases, certainly from what I've um, experienced myself in business, this is the the core of how you start to build predictability, revenue, obviously profit, you know, all that stuff. Um, and you've got to understand what what a really effective lead generation strategy is and how that's applicable um, in your business, how to scale that and how to scale the intention of getting more leads in and how it fits in with the rest of your commercial model. So this is going to be very much a masterclass episode on how to generate leads from my experience in my businesses. And I've worked in both you know, business to consumer and business to business. And you know I'm a big fan of you know, those two concepts don't exist anymore. It's, it's person to person because ultimately it doesn't really matter what industry you're in, what size of company, what geography people always buy from people. So if you can build the relationship in whatever way is appropriate for your business and your your proposition, then that's going to increase the chances of success and is going to increase um, how effective your lead generation and activation strategy is. So (laughs) I'm going to start at the very beginning because I do appreciate that some people's journey at the moment is quite uh, early stage with their businesses, certainly from the feedback that I've been getting from all of you. Um, so I'm going to define what a lead is and, and very simply, because people get confused, they, they talk about prospects and they talk about all these, these other sort of terminologies. The reality of it is it doesn't actually matter. The, the most important thing to think about is in my, in my opinion, a lead is a person who has indicated some level of interest in what your company's product or proposition or service is. And, and they've, they've indicated some interest in some way, shape or form. So beforehand, you've got people who may be potentially interested, but you don't know that. So you'll have a proposition, you may have a niche, and you've worked out who the ideal target is for that niche, but you don't know if they're interested. You've got to test. And um, again, I'm a massive advocate that these days, marketing equals experimentation. It's about constantly testing different things. And as you start to get some positive momentum on those tests, that's when it's time to sort of put more sort of fuel on the fire and really go for it. So so a lead, as I said, it's really just someone who has indicated interest. And you've got to think, what, is, what does that really mean? Well, it means that 
you've done something with your business, be that communicated something, put a message out there, asked for some feedback in, in, in some way, shape or form, and that person, that, that potential um, buyer has indicated they're interested. So there's an interesting model that I talk around in, in lead generation. It's, it's, a, it's basically how do you bring someone through from that not sure if they're interested, showed some intensive interest all the way through. And it's essentially, it used to be called ADA, which is um, awareness, interest, desire, and action. But I now look at a, a slightly different model, which is attract, convert, close, and delight. And just to kind of explain how this is visually to you, it's hard, I know, when you're listening to, to an audio podcast, but <laughs> I might even do a video on this one day. Um, I define people who are at that very first stage which is, you know, you want to attract them towards what you're doing. They're, they're strangers to you. They don't really have any real relationship whatsoever, other than there could be an interest in what you're doing. So you want to be able to attract them towards you. And I'll get into a little bit later about the best ways I feel to do that. So then once you've got someone who's, who's interested, um, and let's say they're coming to your website or they're coming to a landing page, they're a visitor at that point in time, you want to convert those people into leads. So let's be really clear. So someone's a stranger, they've got no relationship. Then they're showing some interest. When you get them to take some form of action, it's what I call a marketing qualified lead. And that could be um, them giving you, you, you their details uh, for signing up to an email newsletter. It could be um, downloading a white paper. It could be that you've invited them to an event and they've again given you some data then that becomes a marketing qualified lead. At that point in time, you have some information. You have an indication that they're interested. You have some of their data. And that's when you can get into more of a direct dialogue with that individual and have some more almost one-to-one communication. So that could be through email, various workflows. If you have an event, you can invite them to the event. If they turn up, you know, you're probably going to be having conversations with these people and at that point in time, if they are if they are interested and you've had that conversation, um, they become sales qualified. You know, or they or in some cases, if they're not interested, you can qualify them out <laughs> as well. But you know, if you if you're thinking about that, they've they've shown enough interest at this point, and you've had a ch- an opportunity to qualify them, and that's what I call sales qualification. So obviously, at that point in time, if someone has an indication to purchase, you've qualified them, you have the one to one relationship, you've understood the problem that they have, and you're very clear that you have the solution that's going to meet their needs, then obviously it's about making them a customer and making them purchase something. Often the first time, and I'll get into kind of how that can work in different ways. And then the last piece, so that's the close, to be clear, that's the close. And the last piece is, you know, once they've become customers, how do you make them advocates? How do you make them promoters? How do you Think about this concept of lifetime value so that they're either going to come back and purchase more from you or they're going to recommend you to other people in their network, in their peer group who could also become a customer. And that's, you know, I call this part sort of delighting, delighting them and and, and, and making them advocates because it's an old saying, but it's very, very true. And I've seen this happen in many of the businesses I've been involved in. Once you bring a customer in and you really look after that customer and you add a lot of value then what will happen is your marketing efficiency will go up because part of the, the the channel of all those leads coming into your business is going to be coming through these sort of advocates and these referral type programs. So that's how I look at it. 
So it's the journey from someone being a stranger and having no relationship all the way to someone becoming an advocate and a promoter. And the process of lead generation, if you like, when it starts at that that sort of very distant end and then ends with a sale is is how I think about, um, you know, how you're sort of trying to sort of drive the leads machine into your business. Okay, so that's that's sort of the methodology. I think, you know, without going into the details as to why do you need this? Why do you need lead generation? I mean, I've said, and I absolutely believe this, marketing is more important than sales these days in many, many businesses. Now, I'm not going to say all, because there are certain business types where, you know, people are going to argue and they're going to say, Nick, you have no idea what you're talking about. And you're a marketing guy from backgrounds. So of course, you're going to say that. And that's a fair challenge. Right? I'm not, again, going to say, you know, I know everything. My, the, this podcast is, I've, as I've um, communicated, is really my experiences, which hopefully help you. That said, in this day and age, you know, you've got more opportunities to get a message out there and be able to really communicate in a way to prospective customers that you've never had before. So if you get that right, you've got a clear niche, clear problem to be solved, and that works really well, then what's going to happen is you're going to get more inbound inquiries, inbound leads, and in more more cases, or more so more often than not, um, you don't have to sell to those people because you've you've already um, built this value versus um, uh, cost equation. You know they they absolutely see that they're getting value for whatever you're charging them for your product or service. So it's it becomes less of you know I have to convince you because the convincing has been done through the marketing. So how do you generate leads? Now, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to go through everything today. I'm going to go through some of the things that I think are really, really important. And this is definitely not um, to cover every possible base. But the first thing I want to talk about is, is the importance of social media and social media platforms. And there's a couple of ways that you can do this. And this is stuff that I say is at the very, very top of the funnel. That means that you're using social media in the way that I'm going to explain to drive awareness. So back to the model that I mentioned, if someone's a stranger to you, they don't have any understanding of your brand, what you do, some of the activity around social media is a great way to start to first build that relationship and essentially get um, you you on their radar. So two ways to do it. The first way is personal branding. So if you, it's either the person who's the founder, it depends on the size of the business, or it can be someone in your business who is an absolute thought leader and in some cases evangelizes your product or your proposition. And that person is the one who should be, in many cases, the face or or certainly the voice, say face and voice because it's better to be visual these days, you've got those opportunities, but they could also be writing articles, blog posts, all those areas, but you're putting a name, you're putting a personality to your business. I work with quite a few people who um, struggle with this concept because they're afraid of putting themselves out there. And in that situation, I advise if you don't want to do it, and I always say you should try, (laughs) because if you're not doing that, you know, what are you giving up by making that decision, particularly when there's so much opportunity? Um, then you should have someone you hire in to be that person. And, you know, it might be that that their full-time job is managing um, social media, it's speaking at events, it's absolutely, as I said before, evangelizing what you do. And that level of being prolific with social media 
is a is a lead source. It's not one, and I explained this recently to someone, it's not something you turn on and straight away just, you know, both full on leads just coming into your business. You're so oversubscribed. You can't do anything else. It's not like that. It's a little bit like turning on an old oven and eventually it takes a while to heat up. But once it heats up, it stays hot for a long time. So I always say it can take three to six months to get a really strong return from that type of activity. But once it's on, it kind of glues some of the other strategies that I'll go through today together. So that's the first piece. Align with that, if you don't want to do it through a person, which again, as I said, builds more authenticity, trust, connection, you can do it through your business brand. And this is, I recommend doing both. Um, And they are both this sort of top of funnel activity. They're about driving that sort of first awareness that we spoke about beforehand, you know, to try and attract potential people. Um, But you've got to understand there's going to be a different level of impact and relationship against both of those different options. So if you go there and let's say, you you know, your brand is this and you use a content marketing approach through social media. So that's mainly blog posts. It can be Twitter tweets. It can be how you use Instagram. Um, It can obviously be long form articles on LinkedIn. Um, And in many cases, that same approach can work to what content you put on your own website, which I'll get into in in a second. But that's, it's going to help and it's going to have a message going out there. And the most important thing is it's not an ad in the traditional sense. What it is, is you offering value, offering, you know, essentially giving out your, people say it's like giving away your IP, your intellectual property, but it won't affect you. What it will happen is it will build a really good amount of relationship and trust. And really what you're doing is you're pre-selling what your business does. So that's the first piece. So think of it in two tranches. There's the personal brand side of it, but it's still coming back to your business. And then it's the actual brand of your business. But that's really sort of top of funnel activity. The next piece I think is crucial. It's a little bit more old school, but it's making sure that your website is set up and delivering what it needs to just to be competitive in search. So again, the the topic of the podcast is about leads people are still going to be going to Google search and putting in something, some key terms, some keywords, and you need to be found. So you need to be found, my view is always on the first page of Google. Some people have different views on that these days, particularly because you can do more on social media, but I don't like to leave anything to chance. So in many of my businesses, I'm doing the social media stuff with both a, both a personal brand and also, as I said, the business brand. But I'm also making sure that if people are looking in other channels to find, you know, my businesses, they can find them as easily and effectively as possible. And from my perspective, as efficiently as possible. So when I talk about website sort of search engine optimization, SEO, um, as, as one of the strategies, I look at it from you need to have a good level of content and a lot of help, similar type of stuff that you're putting out to social media. What I tend to do is repurpose that content. And I'll write lots of long form uh, articles, if you like, so that um, it, it plays the, the search algorithms through particularly Google. Bing's still there as well, but mainly Google. And that's going to give you higher organic rankings. And then anything that I want to push specifically, I'll use paid activity. So paid um, ads and paid keywords and whatever else to try and you know, make sure that I'm getting as much of that traffic as I need to come to my business. 
So, so first and foremost, just to be clear, social media is one strategy and there's an A and a B, as I mentioned, and then there's a bit to make sure your, your website is as optimized as possible. And the other thing that I think people miss on websites is they overcomplicate it. They try and think it's, it's got to explain everything about an organization. It doesn't. It needs to be your clear proposition, the problem to be solved. It needs to explain why that's important, why you can do it better than anybody else. It needs to explain a bit about you. Um, more importantly, it needs to be very clear that you know it's, your website is not just about you. It's about them. It's about someone coming in and being signposted to what they need to find. And I see many failures in terms of leads when someone's got really great external activity happening, but they don't really land it because when someone comes to the website, they're not getting across uh, anything about what they stand for, who they are. And and the tone sometimes isn't very strong. So you might have the right message, but it's delivered in this bland, in some cases, very traditional corporate way. And someone comes in and they go, oh, God, this is boring. And then you'll start to see people leaving quickly. The, the thing about the website is you need to use it as a form. I call it a workhorse. <laughs> so it's 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 got to work in terms of driving what your ultimate um, intention is. And oh. At some point, that's about explaining what you are, but it's also about making sure that you can collect data, you can add value and collect data. And again, I'll get into kind of a couple of tactics around that in a second, but the the point I want to make now is just make sure it's working for you and make sure that you have it optimized. The, excuse me, the sort of fourth area is email marketing. And this is another one where I think people might sort of, you know, challenge me and, you know, email marketing's dead. No one opens emails anymore. You know, it's it's all spam and blah, blah, blah. That's crap, okay? I've had businesses that I've had or worked with that, you know, to this day are generating hundreds of thousands of pounds off email marketing. And what has changed, I think, is that you can, you know, through the proper use of segmentation and understanding your audience and understanding kind of, you know, when you collect their data and get their email address or their phone number, you know a lot about what they're interested in. Then, you know, if you get the message right, and particularly that's the message in the copy of the email and certainly the subject header, um, you'll get, you know, as as impactful returns as when email was first created. In some cases, more. It's just you've got to do more of it. So blanket emails going out there and just saying, hey, I've got one thing for everybody, sort of mass, um, you know, profiling, if you like, and just sending the same thing out. That ain't going to work. You need to be laser focused and you need to be almost like a a sniper rifle um, in terms of, you know, your level of targeting. So that that is getting close to -to one-to-one messaging through the use of effective data segmentation and messaging is the key. And back to my point before about the website, if you're using really good lead capture um, techniques on the website, then you're going to be able to have a much more robust uh, email marketing strategy because you're going to just have more audience and more choice. So one of the things I also advise to people, if you've got a small data list, um, which is a start, let's say you've got a business where you've got a few hundred names and a bit of detail, one of your first objectives is to build that list to thousands. And there's a concept that, you know, you only need a thousand raving fans. And I think that's true. You need a thousand raving fans, but to get to a thousand raving fans, you need to have a lot of people that you're going to try and convert to that echelon. And, you know, how do you do that? So to kind of give you a tactic, 
you get a very clear call to action lead capture or what they call a lead magnet on your website straight away. And the way I do that is I will have someone will come to the website and the first thing I'll, I'll do is ask what they want. So, you know, are you trying to build your business to six figures? Are you trying to go beyond that to seven figures? Something like that. And then I will have a some sort of value. So it might be, you know, what are the five steps that you need to be considered to get to six figures? These are the five most important concepts. And I'll basically position that in a pop-up to be downloaded because I know already they've self-selected what they're trying to do. And if I can give them some help straight away, and it's, you know, there's no payment for this. It really is me giving value for them, giving me their data, and then I can build more of a relationship. Then I know that's going to really accelerate what I'm trying to do, which is to have a much broader universe of potential customers to be able to communicate with. Okay. So that's, we're sort of, if you, if you track or you understand the concept of funnels, we are working our way down the funnel to some extent. The stuff at the beginning was awareness and we're now starting to get more to that one-to-one piece. So once you've started to build a reasonable list and you can start to test email marketing, back to my point that everything is an experiment, you can start to get into what I call campaigns. And campaigns is where you can become very specific about sort of areas of your proposition, which are essentially products that you want to profile. And the way that I do this is I still use social media and I will put out very clear I suppose, questions and solutions around a specific problem. So today, you know, it's it's very similar to what we're doing on the podcast. We're talking about lead generation. That is a problem. In many cases, it's one of the biggest problems that people face through scale-up. So if I was trying to work with someone and um, provide a solution for them, a service, if you like, I would make sure that that answering that problem or that challenge and, and showing that I have the credibility and the capability to do so would be what I call a campaign. So I may do it through an email to a very select group of prospects that I have on my um, database. I might decide to put it through some messaging in social media and ask people to private message me if they want me to help with that. Um, I might do some traditional advertising in areas where I think my prospects are. I don't do as much of that anymore because I think some of that is a little bit overused. But the interesting thing about that is if I've got a very clear solution, I know what the problem is and I can get that message to what I think the uh, or where I think the prospects are, then I won't send them to my website. I'll send them to a landing page. And that landing page will explain in much more detail the best way to solve that specific problem, how I can help and In many cases, I'll offer some more value there, which might be a a free consultation or it might be a download of a white paper or it might be to attend a webinar. And I know that if I've got someone who's coming from that first message all the way through the funnel um, and there's a number of different steps where they are giving me more indication that they're moving from that sort of stranger to a potential customer, then what I'm really doing is I'm validating and qualifying at quite low cost because this is all automated the chances of someone converting and and then obviously that becoming a sale in whatever sh- in whatever way shape or form so so that's that's a way of thinking of it your brand message and that personal branding that's really about adding value in the niche that you operate but when you get to campaigns 
That's where you want to solve a specific problem. And there is a commercial win for you in that process. And let's be clear, none of this is at all, you know, uh, going to be confusing to people. Because as I always say, people, they like to buy when there's, they have a problem and they're very clear that you can solve that problem. What they don't like is to be sold to. So all of this is just building up the credibility that you and your business can solve that problem for them. Okay, now I'm conscious there's a lot in this. And if you do have questions and you go, Nick, that was really good, but it was all above my head, please get in touch with me because I think what I'll do is I'll follow up on this. I probably will do a video just to explain the model in a bit more detail as well um, because there is a lot in here. You know, when you think about landing pages, as I said, you know, if you've done a campaign and it could be email, it could be social, it could be a blog, it comes to a landing page, the offer then is given and the lead generated all of that is can be probably best served when it's when it's visual. Okay, so um, the last one I want to cover today, actually, there's two. They're sort of similar, so it's a bit like the first one where I said there's like a one A and B, depending on how you think about that sort of social brand piece. This is social selling, um, and I'll explain what that is in a second, and also how you look at building a partner network. So this is. These are really powerful. And I all of these strategies, by the way, I don't say just do, you know, one of them. Try and do all of them in different ways. And as I said, it's all about testing and seeing what works for your business. Social selling, I predominantly do on LinkedIn. And this is where I'm looking because you, you can profile all sorts of individuals. And I'm looking to build a relationship with that individual by offering some value. So again, I don't sell directly using LinkedIn. What I will do is I will get in touch with people who I think I can help, who will value what um, my experience is, and I will try and offer them some help, you know, in whatever way that is. And again, that could be by, if I've written an article or I've done a podcast, you know, sending that podcast to the individual, if they've written something, going to them and adding a perspective. And what I'm really doing there is just at the very early stages trying to build some connection, some you know, we, we, we think alike, what you're trying to do similar to what, you know, I may have done, I may be a few steps ahead of you. And in this intention, what I'm really doing is trying to get someone who is a stranger to become a prospect and eventually a lead. So that's, that's a really good strategy. The way that you do that, and you've got to be a little bit careful with LinkedIn, because if you just go and spam people looking for connections all the time, you'll get um, essentially sort of blocked from the, um, from the platform for a while. So don't do that. I can honestly say I've never done that because when I go out there and contact people, I genuinely am looking for people that I can help, not just trying to build up lists. But some people take it to the extreme. Um, and, you know, it's a process of, like I've said, with lots of things, it's a daily routine, it's a habit. You've just got to get out there and do it. And over time, you'll start to build some really good relationships. I mean, I've I've had some great opportunities just by connecting with people who has a, who have similar mindsets to mine. And it's opened up many doors. Some of those have been commercial. Some of those have been business orientated. Some of those have been, you know, my own mentoring groups where I've learned a lot from other individuals. So LinkedIn, I call it social selling, but it's not really, but it's using LinkedIn as a strategy to start to build more um, scale in, in terms of how you can sort of sort of build more leads over time. And then the last one uh, is partner network. And it's similar to the LinkedIn piece because it's really about how you're building connections. But these connections are very much 
um, incentivized to refer business to you. So I sometimes call it 5Xing or 10Xing your sales team. So if you've got someone, say for example, I work a lot in the HR and the learning space or certainly have over the years, and there's lots of L&D consultants who have no intention of getting a full-time job, but they're embedded in lots of organizations. Sometimes they're on sort of long permanent contracts, but they're not employees and they have the ability to influence at quite a high level. And many of them are looking for opportunities to increase you know, their income and they will be very open if they like what you do to essentially selling your proposition uh, on you know, so on your behalf through them, their network and their sort of brand and influence. Hugely powerful, massively powerful. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, God, I haven't thought about that. But just if you think about it, you know, you've got to think about what is someone in that situation trying to do? Well, of course, they're probably paid on day rates. They're, you know, they're they're not necessarily, um, uh, you know, making a lot of money because they're sacrificing time for money. And, you know, they want to, they want to sort of maximize their income. So giving them a product that they could go and sell, which absolutely fits um, the problem the company that they're working with um, may need, then that's a great thing. So how do you do that? Well, again, I use LinkedIn. I find people who I think are the right fit. So again, using the L&D example, the HR example, we'll find people who are consultants in that area. We'll contact them, ask if they're interested. We might set up a webinar if there's a few of them, or we might go and meet with them individually and just start building that sort of network have a proposition, agree the commercial relationship. So you might be saying, you know, it might be 10 to 20% of the revenue of the deal that you're going to pay for this person who's essentially doing your sales and marketing for you. And and then from there, you'll find that that compounds over time and scales over time in an incredible way. So people, when I, when you talk about lead generation, a lot of people just think of some of the earlier things I spoke about on this episode. So it's email and it's, it's your website for me, it's not. It's a much more well-rounded strategy. So just to kind of cover that again. So you've got your social media. You've got the stuff you should do through personal brand. And again, that's, as I said before, it heats up over time. But when it's hot, it's hot. You can do the same thing with your business brands. But you need to have a strategy which takes into account most of the platforms, particularly if you're B2C in the traditional sense, definitely be doing Facebook, um, Instagram. I still do that in the context of the B2B piece, as I mentioned, because I think it's about person to person. But LinkedIn is still to this day the best platform if you are still in the mindset of pure business to business. Then it's about website. Do not, you know, drop the ball because your website is crap and not working for you. So first and foremost, make sure it's optimized. Do that as efficiently as possible through content marketing, blog posts, articles on your site. And make sure that your proposition is absolutely clear. Don't make someone work to, to find out what you do. You know, slam it in their face in the first few lines, if you like, or the first kind of what they call top of the page or top of the fold. So get that happening. When you're there, make sure that the website's a workhorse. So use lead magnets. Use this kind of offering value to get data. So you can build your database and build your CRM, and that's going to be the foundations of your email marketing, which will be massively powerful from the reasons I said previously. And then from there, start to work in campaigns, campaign specific things that you want to sell around your proposition. Make them interesting, make them engaging, make it very clear that you can solve the problem and put that out there and follow different pathways again so you can get to a conversation and qualify these people in from leads to potential customers. 
And the last piece is the combination of social selling and sort of building a partner network. Social selling is direct still. As I said, it can be going directly to your customer, but the same process will work to go to people who are, you know, working with your customers. So they become a channel for you. And that's that's it. I mean, there's there are many more things. And, and as I said before, and this is not supposed to cover cover every single channel and everything you can do. What I want to get across today is more importantly than than anything, try a few of these things out. There's a few techniques there that hopefully are new to you and you're thinking, wow, you know what? I'm just going to try that. That's, that seems really easy. You know, as I said, the first one I would go for is the partner network. Find five additional people, particularly if you are in that startup to scale up and you can't afford a sales team. You know, you've got an opportunity there to sort of, you know, build a sales team for essentially a gain share in the, in the business that's been won. And the last point I want to make, which is probably implied through almost all of my episodes because it's a belief that I have and it's absolutely crucial when talking about lead generation. And that is the concept of adding more value than anyone else and adding more value without expectation. So whatever you do in terms of your messaging, in terms of adopting and testing the strategies, go out there and add value. Go out there and solve problems. Uh, Do it to a point where, you know, obviously that's not all you're doing because you have to have a viable business. So the viable business means generating sales and generating profit. But if you go out there with that concept that actually I'm going to help people, I'm going to build my brand, I'm going to build my business by doing that, you'll find that you don't have to worry too much about um, your marketing strategy working. It does take time, takes effort, takes patience, and more importantly, it takes not giving up. But if you can get that into your heads early on, particularly in the startup to scale up phase, you'll start to get to predictability in your marketing and therefore your commercial efforts in a way that is, is I still think, unusual. Um, and partly the reason I want to get my message out here is the stuff I'm doing works fundamentally more than some of the stuff I did in my early career as a, as a marketing director. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, try this stuff out, test, experiment, and I'm pretty sure you'll see some fantastic results. So there we are, a reasonably long episode today on lead generation. It is a, a complex topic, as I said at the very beginning. Um, but if you're struggling, as I said, just try this out and see what happens and get in touch. Please do, you know, please subscribe to the podcast. Certainly give me a review, get in touch directly. I have had about 15 people this week get in touch, which is great, asking me all sorts of questions, which I always love to be able to help people where I can. And uh, if that's you this week, then um, make sure you reach out to me on Twitter at Nick C. Bradley, LinkedIn, Nick Bradley, um, my Facebook page, um, and you can find my email as well through any of those, um, any of those channels. So thanks again. And as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Thank you.